Hello, friends. I'm Rebecca. And I'm Kenton. This is Rewild University's Unleash Your Life podcast. Kenton? out here for the last hour what are you doing taking pictures yeah dandelion okay you've been out here for the last hour taking pictures of a dandelion of just dandelions in general or the same dandelion well this one right here okay this is somehow explainable (laughs) every day dandelions open and close Right. So that means you have to take well, pictures? most of us don't see that. And so I'm making a time-lapse. Time-lapse? Yeah, like... time-lapse photography. So we get to see something that we usually can't see because it moves too slowly for us. Okay, so you're just trying to show how the dandelions open and close, but... Yeah. We Pretty don't cool. get to see that. I, you know, I do remember watching something once about plants and how they're constantly moving, but you just don't get to see it because it's so slow for our eyes. We're yeah. kind of impatient creatures. We, we are, aren't we? Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> I'm sitting out here thinking of that Greek philosopher, Harry... Um, Her- Heraclitus. Heraclitus. Yes, yes. Do they call him Harry for short, do you think? <laughs> no, he had a strange nickname, the Weeping Philosopher. But oh. That's... That's another story. Okay. No man ever steps into the same river twice, for it's not the same river, and he's not the same man. Whoa. Mm-hmm. That, that's one to chew on for a bit. I think it's one of the most basic truths about our world. We're out here looking at a dandelion, and most of us just think it's just a dandelion. But well, yeah. it's doing a lot. It's moving, it's shifting, it's growing, it's changing all the time. It's fascinating. Wow. I guess I didn't really think about it. I think a lot of people just think of dandelions in terms of let's get them out of our garden or yard or whatever else. I think of dandelions in terms of roasted dandelion root tea, which is so yummy. Oh, you make them into little chunks and then you eat them. The girls cannot stop eating them. I know it's so good. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So, <laughs> okay. So you're saying one of the basic truths is just that things are changing, but we're not really paying attention to that. I, I feel like that's kind of our culture in a way. We live in a culture where things are, uh, people are saying things got to stay the same. I know what you're saying. There's this huge illusion that everything's always the same. You've right. heard people never change. I call it crystallization. And it's that we're not paying attention. We're not aware of change anymore. And so we start to think that things don't change. We start to crave that sameness. Mm-hmm. That's security. I sometimes think that as human beings, we think that our thoughts are more real than reality. Ha! For example, <laughs> if I think it's real, then it is, right? But, you know, this crystallization thing is really interesting because what we're doing is we're taking something organic, life which is organic and changing, and we're trying to freeze frame it. Yeah, to me this isn't about philosophy. It is about that basic truth that things are always changing. 
But when we start to crystallize the world, we rob ourselves of so much. Mm. It's It leads to racism. It leads to wars. It leads to oh, yeah. a lot of unhappiness in relationships. Or if just with ourselves, if I start and to think how if I crystallize, I am this way, I do this all the time, this is the only thing I believe, and wow, yeah. You know, it's the root of the ego, the deep spiritual quest, but Ooh. let's not go that okay, okay. deep. <laughs> Another time, another time. But I do, I can see what you're saying, that if we start to crystallize our thoughts and we crystallize people or just emotions, whatever it might be, we do stop then getting that richness of life. I think the things that we enjoy most, or at least I enjoy most in life, are when something sort of pops out of the usual. And I, for a mm. moment, I think, what is that? Or, oh my gosh, I've never seen this happen before. Can you believe it? And you have an experience and you're talking about it and sharing it. It's crazy that this is happening. And you suddenly <laughs> realize, wow, here I am right here. But you're telling me that that's going on all the time. The brain loves novelty, like you were mm. just saying. It thrives on it. But I think for me, the first time I really realized this was with you. Okay. Am I going to like what you're about to say? Oh, I hope so. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I mean, 27, 28 years. We've been together a long time. A long time. Yeah. And I still feel like I have this crush on you. Oh. But that doesn't come free. Because after that much time together, it's really easy to just look at somebody and, oh, there's Rebecca. Mm. I've seen you (laughs) constantly (laughs) for a long time, right? How Mm -hmm. could I still be enchanted with the same person, the same face, the same body, the same everything that's been there for so long? But of course, it does not take much to see that it is not the same face. It is not the same body. You're manifesting in completely different ways all the time. True. Moods shift. Expressions change. The way you hold yourself, the way the shadows right now are playing on your face, so different than right now. There's a different look in your eyes. Mm -hmm. We're constantly changing. And that, if we can open up our minds to that, then my mind is enchanted by that novelty. And my relationship with you is exciting, is deep, is, is enchanting where it very easily could be boring if I just allowed myself to believe that cultural untruth that you're the same person. Right. Every day, in and out. Just like we were talking about, when I think my thought is real, then I think it's more real than reality, and suddenly I only see the you that I have pictured in my head. Oh, man. We do that with a lot of things. I mean, people... uh, are huge where we just think, oh, I know them, right? Mm-hmm. I know how they're going to respond. I, And then we think, because I think it's real, therefore it is real, right? Which, <laughs> of course, we know isn't true. And we think that with our bodies and our health, that I think leads to us feeling, well, getting older is hard or when we're injured. Oh, think about that. I have an image of myself in my youth and optimal health right and then this happens or that happens i get into an accident i start to age we get very afraid of aging Mm. we get very afraid of this because it's change and we're so afraid of the change and again this is a cultural thing if we live in denial of it 
oh, I'm always the same. I'm always Kenton, this image in my head. That does not match up with the reality. And now I'm going to have this discord. Right. You're going to be buying a lot of face creams that say it won't, they will erase wrinkles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, isn't that the way our culture likes to get our money? <sighs> if you choose this, you will be young forever or blah, blah. I, I see that too in our emotions. It's not okay to have certain emotions. We want everybody mm. to just have be these robots of this is the proper response. This is the polite thing. This is what we do. And you put yourself in a little box and don't step out of it with your emotions. You see somebody who's just super happy and delighted and you think, what is wrong with that person? <laughs> or you see somebody that looks down and, you know, we fear that. We want people to be steady state. Right. This is This is the where this all leads into. It goes from believing that people are the same, and it's, it's this weird sort of belief. We don't have a good word for it in our language, but it's put into us in a way so that we don't really examine it anymore. And then there's this belief that we're not aware of. Mm. And then when we have those sorts of beliefs, they start to dictate how we view the world. Wow, that's kind of scary. The unexamined beliefs that are in our subconscious that we don't even know are there. Whoa. I think this happens with just regular life, too. You get up, and you expect that your car's going to start, and you're going to go to your job, and it's going to be the same thing day in, day out, right? Right. Or it's a Monday, and you already know. Right. (laughs) You're going to work. It's a Monday. (laughs) And you've already set yourself up for a day that is going to kind of suck. Mm-hmm. Instead of you wake up, wow, I wonder what today is going to bring. Right. It is guaranteed going to be different right. than any other day you've ever had. But our mind will convince us it's the same and then we won't see the differences. And then mm-hmm. it creates that reality that we're imagining. Like you said, the thinking becomes the reality. Right. It's and like we're pre-programming ourselves. Yeah. Wow. Back to that simple truth. I can see you as the same person or I can see you as ever shifting. It's the same with Mondays. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) This hit me hard on our recent road trip. I was driving. We were going down some giant freeway in Nebraska. Oh, and they have those wickedly awesome, huge wind turbines. That make you feel like you're on some other planet. They're kind of sort of oddly fascinating in a weird way. (laughs) But it wasn't the turbines. It was the dashes. So I'm not sure if this is around the world. But in the United States, we have these white dashes, one after another, that go down the center of the road. Right. And those indicate that you can pass. And I'm sure there's a technical term for those. I sure, yeah. I wonder what that is. (laughs) (laughs) I was looking at these white stripes, and I suddenly realized that my mind... This whole trip had been saying, there's those white stripes. Mm -hmm. They were all the same. But when I looked, every single one was different. They had been worn and weathered. And they were all different shapes. If this was some piece of modern art or something, it would have been (laughs) probably sell for a lot of money, I guess. (laughs) Everyone was different. But my mind wanted to say everyone the same. Wow. That's That's a super great analogy for all sorts of things in life. I feel like that happens with a lot of 
everyday, I think I've said this already, everyday experiences, I'm thinking of food, where you, our culture is just like, here, eat this, and it's a boxed image. Instead (laughs) of the real food that's going to nourish you, we're feeding our our brain's idea of what we're eating. Does that Mm. make sense? Yeah. Right? Okay. It does. Often we won't even taste our food because I'm having spaghetti. I know what spaghetti is. I know what it looks like. I know what it feels like. Right? You have the almost Plato's form of what eating spaghetti is, and then you don't even actually experience it. Then I miss out on the actual food. Right. Yeah. There's, I'm thinking about our forest monks, and I'm thinking about how they go out and they start cooking on a campfire. And it's a real learning curve, because we come from cooking on a, on a stove top. And you turn on the stove top to setting three, And you always have the same heat. So we get used to in our cooking, it's just everything is very kind of clear cut. Again, our culture is trying to make everything the same, same. everything predictable. You go to a campfire and suddenly you're working with a cooking situation where every wood, like the different species of trees, throw out different BTUs, different heat. Yeah. Right. How close or far away you are from those flames. There's this very visceral lesson in cooking over a campfire of things are not the same. There's not this unity. Even the humidity in the air is going to change things. If it's rained and the wood is wet, all of that, plus what you are cooking too and how that's going to respond. And at first, that's frustrating for people. But then I start to think about the chef friends that we have. Mm. And I feel like when they're going to cook a really good meal for loved ones, they cook over a campfire because there's nothing that's going to create better variability. Absolutely. Yeah. Or how many of them grill because over an open flame, right? Same thing. So there's that difference between the kind of stagnant experience our culture wants to deliver us and says, oh, there it is. It's just, it's all the same. And plunging ourselves into an experience that not only accepts change, but celebrates change. Mm -hmm. Because change is this amazing, beautiful thing. If we're in denial of it, it's going to be our worst enemy. We're going to fight it, fight it, fight it, and deny it, deny it. And we're going to experience a lot of pain. You know, the funny thing about the forest monks is that I've heard from a number of them after they've gone back, reintegrated into civilization and moved on, And it's interesting how many of them have said, among the things they miss out here, oh, I miss cooking over a campfire. (laughs) Seriously. Yeah. I mean, not just, oh, that was nice, but I really miss it. I wish that I could do that more. Sleeping is another thing. So in our civilization, we try to create the same sleeping experience every night where we are in the same temperature, in the same bed, obviously in a room where we have the same visuals all around us have we already talked about getting out of our comfort zone (laughs) (laughs) and some of them will go home and they just cannot sleep inside for a while oh right because they love sleeping in that experience of oh there's wind tonight Mm -hmm. oh there's an owl calling tonight it's a little chilly tonight and i have to curl up into a ball (sighs) every night in nature of course there's this different sleeping experience complete variation Seeing this in our culture, we're just trying to create this illusion of sameness. 
Wow. Well, so I feel like I see that even in my beliefs or in, in talking to other people, especially you get that one person who is just adamant they are not going to change. And it might not be, it just might be just one thing about their personality. Nope, I believe this and you cannot say anything ever to change it. This is where it gets, I think, dangerous. Yeah. Because as we crystallize our beliefs, we no longer are open to additional information. Even if evidence comes in that shows us that our belief really needs to be questioned, our ego selves, they don't want to look at that. Oh, absolutely (laughs) not. That is so scary. Oh, yeah. So we'll go on blindly believing things And then, of course, often separating ourselves out mentally from other people that don't believe that, creating an in-group, out-group. That's where we get these divisions. That person has dark skin. I have pink skin. So here's, boom, these lines that I've drawn. A lot of times, these beliefs aren't even necessarily our beliefs that we're like given them by our parents or our peers when we're very young and we haven't even had an opportunity to explore them for ourselves and yet there they are boxing up our world for us and not allowing us that deeper rich experience of life where we might gain so much just by asking some questions and saying is this what I really feel I feel that our culture is structured to make us believe in crystallization everywhere we're turning we're trying to keep things the same this is exacerbated by our technology right now because our technology is trying to feed this to us for instance you take search results most of you probably know that if you go onto google and you look something up it's going to notice what search results you clicked on and then it's going to feed you information on subsequent searches that correlate with your previous searches. Yeah, I never knew about that. I can't remember what they call that, but it's, it freaked me out because I thought, aren't I seeing all of the search results just put forth randomly for me? Or maybe the ones that people go to most often, not just, Rebecca, these are just for you based on all the other things that you searched for. Here you are. Oh, don't look at anything else. It's scary. So two different computers, two different users, and they're going to get different results when they Google something. Absolutely. You think about politics, you think about philosophy, you think about diet, you think about all kinds of things. You're going to see the results that you're expecting. You're fed this. Which is scary because then it continues that loop of you never getting out of the belief that you hold pretty soon you think okay all i ever see on the search results is this this and this say i told you so that's all that's out there Mm. which is scary it kind of makes me think of of answer grabbing where we don't know something so we turn to google and we think google's got the answer and we go out we say oh yep ah i've got the answer to this okay you might even check a few sources oh they're all saying the same thing and then somehow you know right i now have the answer when you might not know anything about it it makes me think of, of sourdough bread. Ooh, tell me. Well, okay. I started reading a book a long time ago about grain and wheat and things, and I learned that slow-fermented sourdough was probably the best type of bread. And, and regardless of whether it is or it isn't, it intrigued me. And so I thought, ooh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make this. And I just had the recipe. 
nothing else. So I made my own starter from scratch and I realized I don't even know what I'm doing here, right? And I had some friends who baked bread, so I talked to them about it. They helped me out. I did do some research (laughs) online. But the depth of my experience came from simply trying over and over and over Mm. again, having some failures where I pulled my starter out and I was like, whoa, that is not okay. (laughs) Uh, To rehabilitating it. And then every day is different. When you bake, it's every time is different. It's the humidity. It's what your ingredients are. There's so many different Mm. things. And it's, it's funny because sometimes people don't want us to go and talk to other people. I feel like there's sometimes, you know oh, what I'm yeah. talking about? It's I've like, had this experience with the YouTube channel mm-hmm. with asking questions of people. And I guess I'm remembering one way back when somebody mentioned a book mm-hmm. and I asked, who's the author of that book? Right. And somebody else chimed in and said, just Google it. Right. But the reason I asked that question is... Because when you ask a person, mm. you might not just get the answer. So if, if I'm asking about an author, right, I then will get a Wikipedia article. I could read about their life. But this person, and I'm more interested in the person leaving the comment, sure. is going to say, oh, this author has changed my life in this way, in this way. And I really appreciate her writing because of this and this. Right. And so I'm getting a very different more personalized experience than what I get from going and answer grabbing on Wikipedia. Absolutely. I can totally see that. And of course, it's the same with sourdough. The more people you talk to who have baked bread and the more times you do it yourself, the more times you actually get your hands mm. in the dough to feel it, the the more you learn. <laughs> it's pretty crazy. It's this living, breathing creature that you're bringing to life into or bringing into death. I don't know. I guess you never cook all those little critters into death. But, well, they go in and they feed our microbiome too, right? They help right. us out. But again, you're having an organic experience there. The recipe is an attempt to crystallize it. Right. But that recipe is never going to get you a really good sourdough. Oh, that used to frustrate me all the time about my grandma. She had these amazing recipes I loved to eat at my grandma's house. And when I got older, I said, hey, grandma, teach me how to make this. And then she said, okay, well, you take some flour and you put it in here. Oh, no, 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 no. How many cups is that? Oh. She'd say, land sakes, girl, I don't know how many cups it is. You just put it in until it has this consistency. (laughs) And it frustrated me to no end because I wanted to crystallize her recipe instead of realizing that it was kind of an art form. I mean, life, when we experience it, is an art form if we're truly (sighs) present. Google Maps. That's one that often people will feel like the world is discovered. You can go onto Google Maps and you can get aerial satellite photos. Oh, sure. Anywhere. But of course, if you look at a little satellite photograph of some woods, and then you go out into that woods, Mm -hmm. two very, very different things. Sure. Do you want to eat a picture of a cherry pie? Or do you want to eat the cherry pie? (laughs) (laughs) News. Oh, yeah. News is always like, this news is the real news. That's kind of the assumption. I've always wished for a news channel that would say, hey, here's some of the facts here and here's some of the facts here and put together your own answer. These are the facts that as well as we've been able to interpret them, but here's the slant we put on these quote facts. And suddenly you have this really open-minded, unbiased thing. But instead, of course, news, they grab these quote facts and then they put a huge slant onto it, their opinions. And 
feed it to us as the truth. Which is constant. Of course, it's really easy to buy into that if we're eating that diet of that media. Absolutely. Wow. Do you want to take it even deeper and talk about language? You guys like it to go a little deeper, right? You're like getting in there. (laughs) I think, yeah. Okay. All right. Setting the roots down. So, technology aside, this Mm. all comes out of our language. Whoa. The words we speak. Every single word, if we pay attention to it, crystallizes an Mm. idea. Whoa. And I have words for everything. This blows me away. That as infants, we have words for nothing. We maybe see the world in kind of a pure state. And we start getting our words. Mm. And we start adding more and more of a collection. As an adult, you can look around you. Anything you see, you have a label for, a word for. Wow. Even if it's generalized. Like, yeah. Like dust. There's right. a lot more to dust than that if you get and look under a microscope. That reminds me of those cultures where the people who live you know, in the north and they have lots of snow, have you know, 50 different words for different kinds of snow. Right. And then you have people who live south and there's no word for snow. That's a perfect example, actually. Here in English, we basically have snow, but we know from hiking. Of course. There are many types of snow and it'd be very useful, especially for us, right. to have words for many kinds of snow because it's going to tell you what kind of boots you should be wearing and right. how the tracking's going right. to be that What's day. The temperature... Exactly. So that's super interesting, though, to realize that when I speak and this kind of blows my mind. But when I say a word, I I'm saying that word a lot of times it's attached to an image in my brain mm -hmm. that I believe. Again, I know the real thing here. Mm -hmm. So that makes it reality. Right. Yeah. I say paper. I have this idea of what paper is and that's what it is. Yes. Right. Yeah. I've seen this. It's, It's crazy. This is a constant diet because we use words so much and they are on a daily, constant basis going into our head and convincing us that the world is crystallized. I have a word for you, Rebecca. Mm, Yes. And then a mind form, crystallization that wants to form around that. Of course, we want to use words so we can communicate. So how do we, how would we use language in a um, healthy way? For me, I think it's awareness. Words are these amazing tools that we can use in so many ways. But if we forget that we created them as a species, that they're not real in that sense, then we're taken for a ride by them. Right. We're taken in by the illusion. Like watching a really good movie and you get sucked in and someone walks in and why are you sobbing? Oh my gosh, because Joe left Laverne and I can't handle it. It's like, it's a movie, right? So if we can see that our words are these tools, then we can use them maybe a little bit more humorously (laughs) and see that they don't have to confuse us. They are just tools. They don't correlate with reality because every single thing they try to crystallize is actually an organic changing reality and not the solid crystallization that they try to convince us of. (laughs) It seems to me that if you started to realize where you crystallize things, that words crystallize things, that we are crystallizing our beliefs and trying to freeze things, that maybe you said humorously, use your words humorously, that perhaps we could take things more lightheartedly. Because I know for me personally, and maybe it's like that for those of you out there listening, when I start to crystallize something, I kind of take it seriously. This is real and this is happening. And 
I'm serious about it. And then, boy, it feels like things kind of spiraled down the drain a little for me. If we can jump back to aging, imagine your first gray hair. You can see your first gray hair and be, oh my gosh, I'm... Pluck it out quick. Ah, I'm aging. Ah, I'm getting gray hair. Face creams. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Or I could equally be accepting of the change and celebrating of the change and say, oh, cool, look at this gray hair. Yeah. Two choices. The same reality. Can't escape the reality of change. We're not going to escape that. But how do we choose? How do we choose to dance with it? Exactly. So we've talked about how over time, living in this culture that is asking us to crystallize things, we develop actually a a desire for things to stay the same. Right. So the, the illusion that we're being fed, convinced that things don't change, it then becomes our greatest desire. Right. Heaven forbid that anything changes too much. Yeah. Obviously fashion, that that's exempt. <laughs> but <laughs> so so as that happens to us, we are sacrificing or giving up a sense of wonder, curiosity, adventure that could come into our life. And that kind of gets replaced with trepidation. We're, we're fearful. There's insecurity and frustration creeps in. It's a really tragic transformation. As we start to cling to that desire for mm. things not to change, that's exactly what happens. And this is the vital thing to understand is that it changes our, our entire approach to life, our wow. entire experience of life. It gets changed from, wow, look at this amazingness around me, to, uh, uh. I just, I think of the kids, our, our girls, we have two girls that are five and eight. And when it snows, it's like, let's go out. And they're eating snow off the branches and they're trying, oh my gosh. Uh, And then flash forward, hopefully not for them, but for some of us, 20, 30, 40 years. And it's like, oh, snow. Ugh, I don't shovel the sidewalk and it's freezing and right. And it's this sort of soured. Ah, And it's, again, it's tragic, and it is not necessary. And of course, when we give our action points at the end here, we're going to be sharing with all of you how to not get sucked into this. Or, you know, most of us are already sucked into it to some extent. So how to get ourselves out of it. I'm remembering a story. Oh, good. Tell a story. (laughs) Okay. Way back when I was going to college at UW-River Falls, I came out of class one day. It was time to go home. I was going to go see my girlfriend. That was that must have been you at that time. Was it? Seriously? Was that? I don't you, know. Were, yeah. Oh, I don't know. Anyway. So long ago. So long ago. <laughs> so I went out to my truck. I had this this pickup no, truck. I do remember the pickup truck. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Can I tell them about your pickup truck? No. Okay, it was it was awesome. It had lots of character, and of course, you had like character. cool, cool feathers hanging from your rearview <sighs> mirror. But it was it was old. It had rusted out bottom, and when I got in, I could see the ground going by. It gives underneath. you a sense of security. You know as that you the road were, is still there. As you were driving, <laughs> and you were a terrible driver at that point in time. Horrible. I was always I holding on to the little Jesus bar. Like, oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. I will admit, I it was, was a horrible, wild. horrible driver. <laughs> <laughs> You're so much better now. Anyway, I didn't mean to interrupt. <laughs> I got out to my truck and reached into my pocket for my keys, and my keys weren't there. Ooh. I looked around, and in a moment, I saw that there they were, still in the ignition of my truck. 
I wanted to go see my girlfriend. I was really frustrated. I was mad. Ken, how could you be so stupid? I was in that place of I wanted my experience to look a certain way. Mm -hmm. Right? So I had the crystallized idea. I come out. I get into the car. I go to see my girlfriend exactly how I wanted it to be. And the world had swooped in and said, ha ha. Not going to look the way you think it's going to look. And there I was, getting really, really frustrated. What did you do? Something transformed. And I tell this story because it was a transformative moment in my life. And I suddenly thought, wait, this is adventure. (laughs) I've got to get my keys out of my truck somehow. And I have no idea how. And I am certainly not going to call some... You know, I'm going to get in. I'm going to break through the bottom where you can see the road through. Maybe I can Would crawl in through. Would be pretty easy to just tear back the rest of that. <laughs> so, so I had to figure out, and I finally figured out a way to get into this little back sliding window and squeeze myself through. And, but the point of the story was that there was a transformation from that frustration, from that fear, into that sense of adventure. Mm. And that sense of adventure doesn't need the world to look the same all the time. In fact, it is not only, again, accepting of it, but relishes change. Wow. I love that thought of relishing change and noticing it, pointing it out. I feel like if we could regain that in our lives, we would begin again to have that wonder, to have curiosity, to have adventure. Imagine that world. And, And novelty, because as we were talking about earlier, our brains really crave novelty and the the beauty is that novelty is surrounding us all the time if we just put on our novelty glasses, right? This is mindfulness. This is waking up to the reality of the change that's around us all the time. Really, imagine looking at your partner all the time and seeing this beautiful, organic, blossoming, changing thing all the time. Imagine feeling so fresh mm. about your relationship whether it's been there for a year or five years or 20 years. Or 50. Imagine sitting down to every meal and loving that experience of the meal. Being present with the flavors and the textures and the people that you're sharing it with. Wow. Yeah. Looking out the window and just being amazed by the world that's out there. And when the world doesn't go the way, quote, you want, suddenly seeing, hey, here's an adventure. This is totally unexpected. And maybe riding along with it to see where the adventure is going to take you. It's like surfing, right? You can sit there and be buffeted by a wave. and ugh, Or you can dance with that wave the way surfers mm. do. And so... Ride we, the wave. <laughs> could we do that with the, quote, bad things that happen in our life? Mm. See that as this huge opportunity for an adventure of some kind. Even if those adventures are sometimes scary. Well, all good adventure stories are filled with extreme drama. Ups and downs. Yeah, and, right. yeah. They're not an adventure if you're just sitting at home, cozy by your fire, drinking your tea, which could be part of an adventure, mm-hmm. but just one part. Yeah. This is not saying oh, we must go and find negative experiences. Even those comfortable experiences, sleeping in that same room every night is not actually sleeping in the same room. Things are different every night. You're different every night. Mm. Our mindset, our dreams are going to be different. Sitting by that cozy fire is a different experience every time. There really is no time when we step into the same river. It's always different and we're always different. Awesome.
Well, with all this talk of everything changing, mm-hmm. I do have to point out that there are some things that are worth keeping the same. <sighs> Makes or, me think of our sponsor. Yeah, at least not forgetting, right? Right, right. I mean, she's doing amazing things to keep some skills alive that otherwise would just fade from this world. Absolutely. And that's the place where I think it's nice to try to support people who are doing some of these amazing skills that we do not want to see disappear from the world. Her name is Deborah Wheatonen, and she is Finnish. She was telling me when I spoke to her that she has this wonderful quote, that no shortcuts to the good stuff. That yeah. could almost be its own podcast. I know, I know. No shortcuts to the good stuff. <laughs> so her mother was a tailor and was really busy. And so she'd go and spend time with her grandmother all the time. There was no electricity. So she learned how to refrigerate without refrigerators. Her life was much different than most of us can even conceive of today. Wow. And her grandmother had all these skills that had been passed down through generations. Things that might be more familiar to us, like tatting and weaving, knitting, soap making, candle making. But she does some of these pine needle weavings that are just beautiful, beautiful. She must be very patient. Oh, yes. She's, (laughs) She's very patient. And the first time we ever learned about her was when we purchased some... Okay, I'm going to try not to butcher this because it's... It's spelled T-O-S-S-U-S. Okay, but that's not how you say it. So I said, I said, Deb, is it Tosis or Tosis? And she said something like this, but I'm still probably going to butcher it. Doshu. Doshu. Doshu? Yeah. (laughs) So is that a Finnish word? Yes, yes. And these are, it's footwear. Okay. And it's wool, but it's made, as she explains it, it's made three-dimensionally by hand. There's no seams. Wow. And I originally got some liners for my mukluks made out of this. Okay. And I was floored at how warm they were. Do you still have them? Oh, yes. Uh, Are they still warm? Yes. Okay. And how many years ago was this? Oh, I don't know. That was way back, I think, when we lived. Was that when we lived in Sweetwater? I don't know. But if that's true, that's a long time. I don't know. Awesome. So quality product. So... Right. High quality, made by hand. There's no shortcuts to the good stuff. (laughs) (laughs) And as I said, they were amazing. And turned my mukluks into something that was moderately warm, into something that was really, really warm. Now today, we just make these modern, she said, the way they do is they just kind of press pieces of fabric together with chemicals and glue. And of course, it's all done by machine, so it has seams that heat bleeds out through right completely unlike these handmade things so she makes these things she sells these things she gives classes she loves to teach what she what she knows and she hopes to pass it on she's passing it on to her children and her grandchildren but to any of us that would be interested as well incredible so she has ethnic creations right ethnic creations.com it actually is Finnish ethnic creations. Finnish, F-I-N-N-I-S-H. Yes, dot com. And then ethnic creations. You can find her on Facebook, but I had to look up ethnic creations, Embarrass, Minnesota. That's the town she's in, which Hmm. is spelled E-M-B-A-R-R-A-S-S. Okay, Embarrass, Minnesota. Yeah, and she's, you can just call her up. 
Right. You've talked to her a number of times. Yeah. And she loves to actually talk to people. And she says that's one of the biggest things that she sees happening, changing in our world in a, in a negative way, is that we don't talk to each other or communicate anymore. Mm. We only can text. So she's always wonderful to talk with on the phone. She does not laugh at me when I mispronounce things. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. You always know this. You've got a quality person when they don't laugh at your mistakes. Oh, yeah. 218 is the area code. 741-1536. Go and check out what she's doing. It's not only high quality stuff that can change your whole experience of winter. Like the there's the liners, but there's also the slippers that our well, friend yes, Helen just got. One of our got. forest monks just got a custom made pair. She said they were too warm. <laughs> <laughs> just incredibly warm. But also this is a person who really wants to keep things alive in the world that otherwise would fade away. Beautiful. So, yeah. Beautiful. Now, we of course also have to thank... We have to thank our patrons. Oh my gosh. All of you out there who are supporting us, either through Patreon or through PayPal and in countless other ways. Uh, I mean, we get lots of emails, we get lots of letters. Sometimes Boxes we, in the mail. Oh right, my gosh. Packages arrive and we're like, <laughs> what is this? It just lights up our whole life and it allows us to keep doing these things. You can become a patron by going to our website and right down on the front page, we have links to Patreon and to PayPal. That's rewildu.com, R-E-W-I-L-D-U.com. Yeah, there's other stuff on there too. We oh. have on an online course right now. We have another one coming soon. Another one coming as soon as we can <laughs> get ourselves in gear for that. And we have information about our classes, our forest monk programs, anything upcoming. You can find a lot of information as well. And that's at the website. So it is time for you to unleash your life and to take back your sense of wonder and novelty and to start not just embracing change, but relishing it. How do we do that? <laughs> right. Of course, we have some action points here. And this first one is kind of nature-based. Mm, I love the nature-based ones. But it can be adaptable if you're living in a city, if you are stuck in your apartment building, wherever oh, you yeah. find yourself. If you're in the hospital for a while, whatever it is, you can do this anywhere. Prison cell, you can do this anywhere. Okay? What is it? What do we This do? is the sit spot concept. And the sit have spot... have to be careful how you say that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the sit spot means that you find one place, and this helps convince us that things aren't always the same. So traditionally in the woods, we're going to find this one little log that we sit on and then we're going to go there once a day once a week once a month whatever works for us okay but i'd recommend at least once a week and it's pretty easy to do something like this once a day if you choose a spot appropriately and spend at least five minutes if not longer sitting there mm. so i'm going to use an extreme example and okay. say if i'm in that prison cell i can look out and I'm going to see some differences. Right. Different people that are walking by. I'm going to hear different things. There's a slightly different experience every time if I really tune into it. Of course, out in nature. Oh, yeah. You're going to see these seasonal shifts. You're going to see daily shifts. There's going to be an animal that you see one day. A sit spot is just as much about paying attention to our inner state. Because the attitude that I bring to my sit, mm. is going to affect my experience there. 
So true. If I'm really kind of down, it's not a bad thing, but I'm going to experience the world differently than if I'm feeling really up or excited. So sit spot. Choose a place at least five minutes a day if you can and just spend a little bit of time there noticing how what you're looking out at is different than it was the day before and see if you can soak into that difference and appreciate it. Oh, I love it. Love it. So the next one. This one can be kind of a scary one. Yeah. Challenge one ingrained belief. This is a tough one because we cling to our beliefs really hard. Absolutely. But here's the deal. It's not going to hurt you to at least ask some questions. Say, what do I believe and what else is there to believe about mm. this particular topic? It could be something very, oh, serious, what we would call serious. It could be politics, could be religion. It also doesn't have to be that. It could just be something more simple and basic. If I'm really not willing to look at a belief, it probably means that I'm fearful right. of having it challenged and insecure about it. So you could even think if you're really feeling insecure about it, that you might strengthen that belief by looking at it. Mm. But when you choose your belief, you choose something that you have a little bit of resistance. Sure. Could even be that you have to start your day with coffee every morning. Yeah. Is that true? Well, we don't want to find out. I must. I just simply must. I'm a horrible, evil person if I don't start with coffee. Well, how do you know? And then research it. That might mean getting online and researching another side of an issue. It might mean an action-based research and saying, I'm not going to drink that coffee and see how I feel. Mm -hmm. So research it. Explore the other side. Talking to other people. Yeah. If you can do it in a calm and inquisitive manner that's open-minded, it's great to talk to other people. So challenge one belief. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, number three. Dr. Amit Sood is one of my favorite science-y, smart, mystical... I mean, he kind of covers a lot of bases. So he's with the Mayo Clinic, and he's brought a mindfulness program to the Mayo Clinic. And he has this awesome suggestion, which is... Well, I don't... Do we have a good name for this? Gosh, I don't know. The three-minute soak-in. Oh, right. Yeah. The three-minute soak. Okay. The three-minute soak. <laughs> and the three-minute soak means that probably the, the best place to do this is if you have a family or friends that you come back to um, after, let's say, a work day, is that you promise yourself that when you come back, I'm just going to say to our family. Okay. When you come back to your family, you are going to spend the first three minutes. You're not holding yourself to a whole lot there. Right. You can do three minutes. 180 seconds. The first three minutes, just soaking into their presence, Mm. asking them questions about their day, engaging with them, not running off to answer emails or turn on the television or do this or start cooking or whatever it's going to be. If you're just coming back from school, again, to your family, the first three minutes, try to engage the people in your life. There's lots of other ways, I guess, you know, examples. Mm-hmm. But if you if you run with that, you could do this going to work and try to encourage people to take that first three minutes of work and the person next to you in the in the desk 
engage with them. Right. Ask them about their night and their day. Start it out with a little bit of personal connection. Right. Absolutely. It would it will be surprising what happens when you just step back from the doing, doing, doing and the same old routine to easily engage, just simply engage. Yeah, it's it undoes the idea that people are always the same. Because if I come home, hey family, and then I go do my thing. There's no opportunity for them to even share anything new with you unless they come up and they're like, hey, hey, excuse me, you'll never guess what happened to me at school today or, or what have you. The same with coworkers or wherever you might be going where you're going to encounter other people or other creatures. Give yourself that three minutes to just be there for a moment, especially if you can just do it without judgment. Imagine walking in, talking to some of your fellow coworkers or teachers at school, wherever you might be working, and just being with them for a moment, we asking some questions. We'll start to see people again. They, they may bring Actually up something you never them. knew about them. All of a sudden, oh my gosh. <laughs> wow, you love ski shoring too? Me too. <laughs> right? So give that a chance. Another, another way to do this exercise is to, you got to use your imagination. So is to sit down for a moment and so you're going to pick one person that this is going to focus on and you're going to imagine, you have to really put yourself there that you have not seen this person for six months. Oh, wow. Okay, you've been overseas or they've been gone and you have not seen them. And you pick this one person and then when you see them, what do you notice about them? Mm. What is different? How have they changed How in have the they last changed? six months? What do you appreciate <laughs> about them? What are you grateful for oh, about them? This is nice. And and just really be present with that. It doesn't even have to take a whole long time. But that, I think, can help us reset the crystallization. It sort of uncrystallizes. Mm, that is beautiful. That's your own. You made that up. I love it. I did? Oh, yeah, well, you created uh, all, that. <laughs> all the ideas go around and around. <laughs> okay. Of course. Stay on your own rewilding journey. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Always our last action point because this concept of rewilding, it's so holistic. It covers our whole life. And it calls us to question some of the basic illusions in our life. Absolutely. Like, hey, things never change. And I think as we go along the rewilding journey, we see that that isn't true because we are tuning in to time in nature. We're tuning into maybe meditation and breath work, awareness. We're tuning into diet, exercise, all of that. And as we do that, we notice significant changes. And people who come to the university here, they notice significant changes. People who've commented on our YouTube channels, it's amazing to hear how you change and how excited you are about that change. So I just want to say, please keep sharing with us. <laughs> it's so exciting. Yeah. I mean, this is a gateway into change, all kinds of changes in our life. And we want to hear from you and what you are shifting and exploring in your life with your adventurous spirit. Thank you, all of you, for being here. We are so grateful to get to talk with you about all of this, to hear from you. Remember to visit us at rewildu.com. That's R-E-W-I-L-D-U.com. And you can learn about all kinds of other resources for rewilding your life. Absolutely. <laughs> all right. Okay, keep on changing. Love to you all.